there was a moment, maybe three days in, where I thought I wasn't going to be able to make it, and I did. Listening to James Hetfield talk about my grandmother in my grandmother's voice, that would be my choice if I wasn't going to record my own audiobook. If we were to describe what it's like to record an audiobook in one word, the word would be hot. I was going to say the same thing. Good God, it is hot in this room. Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks. In this episode, meet writer, performer, and educator Leona Godin, TV writer and podcast host Danielle Henderson, and Abner Ramirez and Amanda Sudano Ramirez, the husband and wife duo behind the band Johnny Swim. Discover why each author decided to write about personal subjects and what it was like recording them. Enjoy. Hi, this is Leona Godin. I'm the author of Their Plant Eyes, a personal and cultural history of blindness. I wrote Their Plant Eyes in order to tear down the evil empire of ocular centrism. There's as many ways of being blind as there are of being sighted, and that's one of the things that I wanted to present in this book for you to meet a lot of different kinds of blind people, a lot of different blind perspectives from the blind artist to the blind scientist, from Homer to Helen Keller to Stevie Wonder, to kind of celebrate this cacophonous world of blind voices that sometimes gets a little bit collapsed into a monolith. I really want to celebrate in this book blind culture if I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be intense, both the good and bad of that word. There was a moment, maybe three days in, where I thought I wasn't going to be able to make it, and I did. So we got over the hump, and the intensity of being terrified turned into the intensity of feeling like, I'm going to do this thing. I realized I had trouble pronouncing Pretty much every word that had more than two syllables, what comes to mind immediately is formidable or formidable. See, I still am not sure. I'm proud that I was able to perform this narration in a very different way, I think, than a lot of other narrators, with a lot of patience and help from the studio team and my director, Paula. I was able to listen and read to you at the same time. So in other words, because I am blind and unfortunately did not learn Braille well enough yet to be able to pull off a smooth read, I used what I call an electronic Cyrano method with my screen reader sort of whispering in my ear in a very passionless way, and then me repeating the words. So when we first got started, things were a little rough because I'd done many performances where I'd you know practice a lot before a short performance, and I'd been able to pull those off. So silly me, I thought that I could just you know read 350 pages the same way. Well, it wasn't quite the same, but we managed to muscle through, and I'm real proud that we made it to the end. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would cast Nick Cave. He's the voice that I've had in my head since I was a teenager, the musical voice, kind of dark sense of humor that I've had in my head. And I was delighted to hear him read his own audiobook, The Death of Bunny Monroe. 
The last audiobook that I listened to that I really loved was Lincoln in the Bardo by George Saunders, and it had a wild cast of characters. I mean, it was just an outrageous ride. I think David Sedaris is in that, and George Saunders. And it's, it's just fabulous. I mean, it's almost too much, but not quite. And then I'm going to sneak in one other one that I've listened to recently that was Toni Morrison reading her own book, Beloved. And that's like almost the polar opposite kind of narration where it was just very quiet and warm and just this beautiful sort of understated emotionality that made it very special. My favorite place to listen to audiobooks is at the kitchen table when I'm eating. That's my favorite. When I used to do a lot of hand sewing, I used to love to listen to hours and hours and hours of audiobooks while I was hand sewing kind of crazy performance outfits. These days, I'm still, like I said, working on my Braille. So oftentimes, I will listen to an audiobook and then follow along with the Braille text, kind of like you did in grade school to learn how to read. So that's what I do these days most often. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. When I was 10 years old, I suddenly could no longer see the writing on the blackboard from the back of the class. This at first seemed a trivial issue of my needing glasses, but it turned out that my vision could not be corrected. Several optometrist and ophthalmologist appointments came in quick succession, in which the men in white coats provided increasingly absurd explanations to cover their impotence including one who told my mother her eyes are growing too fast for her body, or perhaps it was, her body is growing too fast for her eyes. Hi, this is Danielle Henderson, author of The Ugly Cry. I wrote my book because for years I've been telling the story of my life to people just at dinner parties and, you know, talking to friends. And every time someone asks me, you know, how did you get to where you are? Or how did you do this? Or how did you do that? I feel like now I can hand them a book that says, this is how and this is why. (laughs) If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be delightful. My director, Kim Smith, is not only just such a consummate professional, but really made the experience so relaxing. And my book is not always a relaxed place to be. I talk about some really hard things. And so to have that joy and that kind of steam behind me really helped me get through this process, which is totally new to me. So I felt like I was being taken care of. My hand was being held the entire way which I didn't know I needed until I started recording, and I absolutely did. As strange as it is to read your own words and your own life back to yourself, Kim made it just a joy. I realized I had trouble pronouncing words with sibilant S's because I have braces. That was my decision when the pandemic hit. I thought there will be a few months where I will definitely not be seeing anybody, so I'm going to finally get braces. And it has just made recording this an absolute discovery of words that I now have trouble saying. (laughs) The braces are coming off soon, so maybe I'll be able to say vindictiveness again without thinking about it for 10 solid seconds before I speak. 
I'm proud that I was able to record these stories about the most intense parts of the abuse I experienced because saying it out loud is a different way of validating it. It's a different way of acknowledging it and coming to terms with it. And so just when you think the therapeutic work is done, it's not. And there are always new ways to kind of crack open some of the things that I'm still discovering about my own writing. And I'm excited that listeners will be able to hear it and maybe get into that mindset on their own if they need to. It was hard to do, but it wasn't difficult to say, if that makes sense. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would cast James Hetfield from Metallica because I love Metallica, and he has a very gravelly voice that I think would be hilarious saying the things that I wrote for my grandmother to say in the book. So listening to James Hetfield talk about my grandmother in my grandmother's voice, purely because it would make me smile, that would be my choice if I wasn't going to record my own audiobook. The last audiobook that I listened to that I loved was Milk Fed by Melissa Broder. She wrote a book called The Pisces that I adored, and I couldn't wait for this new one. I had never heard her own books read to me. There are parts of these books that are a little bit sexually intense, and it might benefit from hearing someone else read it. So I loved it. I loved listening to that book. I thought the story was incredible. She's a fantastic writer, and especially in a novelized book or, you know, in a fictional book, it's always lovely to hear things said in a way that you wouldn't think to say them in your own head. My favorite place to listen to audiobooks is in my car. I truly love driving, which now that I live in Los Angeles, I'm loving less, but it helps the driving in Los Angeles. (laughs) I don't know. My car has always been a place for me to relax and, you know, just kind of zone out. And during the pandemic especially, I you know, took very long drives because it was my only way to get out of the house. So I would drive down to Malibu or drive down to beaches and just kind of the drive itself was the goal. And listening to audiobooks when you are kind of aimless in that way, it's beautiful. It's like you're just being lulled into this beautifully calm place by both the sights and sounds and what you're hearing. And now listen to a clip from my audiobook. My mom and dad met in drum corps. I have no idea what instrument he played or even if he was any good. It would be weird if I did, since I don't even know what he looks like. His name was Carlton. He lived in Newburgh, about 40 minutes away from Greenwood Lake, the small New York town where my mother grew up. They met at a parade. My grandmother didn't know that my mom had a boyfriend until he showed up to take her to her junior prom. There's a picture of them from that night, one of the only ones to survive my grandma's wrath. Mom was wearing a floor-length white dress with navy blue polka dots, afro picked out as wide as her shoulders. My dad was tall and handsome in his brown corduroy suit, the wide collar of his white button-down threatening to consume his shoulders. His afro was smaller, but the flash cube from the camera made the product in his hair glisten. In true 70s style, the photo is blurry and grainy. I can make out his features, but they don't add up to anything more than a generic face. Well, hello, I am Abner. And I'm Amanda. We are Johnny Swim. And we are the authors of Home Sweet Road. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. 
We wrote this book to give insight into a life that I guess people are telling us is crazy. Yeah, I feel like for years we've had people ask us questions about how we got started. You know, our path wasn't really typical and it's not really typical to work with your spouse and travel with a bunch of wild babies while doing something creative. And so we got asked a lot of questions about it and we said, we're going to put it in a book. We didn't realize it was a crazy life until we told someone, this is our son, Joaquin. He's going to turn two in a couple weeks. He's been in nine countries in 48 states. And they were like, really? That sounds ridiculous. Or people just saying, so how do they sleep? Like, what do you do? And how do you write songs? Even just basic stuff like that. We felt like, oh, this gives us an opportunity to just ramble. I remember telling somebody how we sleep on the bus. We're like, yeah, there's 15 people. There's 12 bunks. We sleep on a pullout couch in the back lounge. And we put, a, what do you call that? A baby a pack and play. We put a pack and play next to the bed for our newborn to sleep in, traveling 70 miles an hour down the highway, nine hours a night. And the person's response was a laugh. And I remember thinking, oh yeah, this is unusual. If we were to describe what it's like to record an audiobook in one word, the word would be hot. I was going to say the same Good thing. Good God, it is it hot is in this room. The lack of air conditioning because the sound. You can't have the air conditioning because the sound. And I am... Not smelling great. It is pungent. There was a few times while recording where, you know, you get in a roll and you're having fun and then all of a sudden things start to get blurry and you're going, am I thirsty? Am I tired? And right. then I realized, oh no, I'm about to pass out because it's hot in here. I know, it's uh, hot. I think if there was another word though, I would say terrifying because all of a sudden you've reread the book a billion times. There's been edits upon edits and then you're reading it out loud in completion, not just like in chunks. You know, normally in edits too, you take your time. You're reading it all at once and you're realizing, oh crap, I should have said that differently. Or oops, that's not the word I meant to use. If I were to use a third single word yeah. to, to describe reading the audiobook, I would say refreshing. Oh. Because I freaking like us. Oh, you and there's that. a part of me that thought that I would go into a coma reading so much about myself and my wife, and I didn't go into a coma. Mm. I really enjoyed myself. And I literally found myself reading our book and thinking, I like these people. That bodes well for our marriage, I think. That bodes well for the <laughs> lifetime commitment we've made. <laughs> I realized that I had trouble pronouncing inadvertently. Ooh. Couldn't say that one. And ineligible. Ineligible. Nope, nope I did it wrong. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I still don't you know. You said it. ineligible. No, that's right. That's not the word. I kept using that word. I meant illegible. <laughs> <laughs> I meant to say illegible, but I kept uh, saying ineligible. You were trying to say they had bad handwriting, but you were saying they were not allowed to be there. Exactly. Very different. I had problems with two S's surrounding a consonant. Uh, lists. Oh, yeah. That's always like a good that. one. That's a list. I would make everything singular. Yeah. But you know what's funny is in the Cuban enunciation of the plural. They say we eat our S's and the, the Cuban structure of the Spanish language. We don't pronounce the pluralized S. I would not say that I have an accent, but that is certainly something that comes from speaking Spanish in a Cuban family. And I found I did that in English a lot. I didn't know. Now we know. I am very proud that I didn't fake one moment of reading this. There is not a faked ounce of passion behind a passage. There is not a fake tear given. All the tears were very real. Not that you could see them, but maybe you'll hear them. That's what I'm proud of. I'm excited for listeners to hear that we didn't have to trudge through this book. I enjoyed it, and I am excited for listeners, hopefully, to hear that excitement and passion 
in this audiobook. I too am excited for listeners to hear your passion because <laughs> <laughs> because I actually it is one of my favorite things about you and I love That's your sweet. storytelling and so I'm actually very excited for people to get to hear it in your voice. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, it must be Ernest Hemingway. You ever fight a rhinoceros? But I imagine my life as Abner Ramirez would be more somehow exciting and honest and true through the vocalizations of Ernest Hemingway. If it wasn't me doing our audiobook, this is going to sound kind of random, I think, but I'd want it to be Dolly Parton. Yes. Because I feel like she would add an excitement and an honesty that there'd be like, you know, grief is a weighted wing. Like she'd be able to say it and make Woo. you feel like there was honey on it. Yes. So I'm going to say Dolly Parton. That's spectacular answer. The last audio book that we loved was The oh. Same. Do you remember the name of it? The Boy, yes. the Fox, the Hound, and the Horse? Nope. What's it called? <laughs> the Boy, the Mole, the Fox, and the Horse by Charlie Mackesy. It had spectacular music bed throughout the entire thing. And we listened to that audiobook on a drive. We often, as a family, are not alone as a family. We live on the road, as, you, as you've heard, or you will hear in our audiobook. There's always crew and, and extended family with us. And it's very rare for us to take a trip that's just Amanda, myself, and the three babies. And we listened to this audiobook on one of those rare occasions where it was just the five of us in the car. And we were driving a beautiful drive from Burbank up to Lake Arrowhead. And I remember as the book was coming to its final moment there, the most emotional climax of the book, we had this insane 5,000 foot view over the, the valley. And as the clouds were closer than they should be, and the sky felt like we could touch it, and the music was playing and the author was reading his book to us, it felt absolutely magical. My favorite place to listen to an audiobook is kind of the only place I can listen to audiobooks, and that is in the car driving. Because if I was at home with three kids listening to an audiobook with headphones on, <laughs> um, I would get things thrown at me. Mom, I need a snack. And like I'd get a shoe to my head. But in the car, they're strapped in. They can go nowhere. All we can do is listen. It simultaneously relaxes you and keeps you awake. I've heard it said that the only art form that can be experienced while living your life is music. You can be having a conversation while there's music in the background. You could be looking at a painting while listening to music and music somehow enhances that life experience that you're living. But I have come to find out that that's not true. Audiobooks are also yep. an art form that can be experienced while living your life. So I guess I'm agreeing with you. I love to see the scenery change while I'm listening to an audiobook because as the book takes me on an adventure, I love to be on one. So whether it's on a plane, on a tour bus, or on a drive, that's my favorite place to listen to an audiobook. Now, please listen to a clip from our audiobook. Waking up is hard for me. I am a natural sleeper. I'm neither a morning person nor a night owl. I am one of those people who thrives only between around 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. Outside of that, I am just okay. I cannot promise I'm going to be my best self. This morning is no different, except that there's a slightly red hue to the morning rays sneaking through the curtain. So I'm more confused than even normal. We live in Burbank, California, where I know the light so well, I can tell the time based on the shadows cast across our bedroom. This morning is different though. This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening.
For more behind the mic content and audiobook recommendations, visit www.penguinrandomhouseaudio.com/nextlisten.